I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello folks, hope you're all well, surviving the ills of the world as we totter towards the precipice in search of some kind of third act solution to our nefarious condition. For the time being at least, I'm still Jack Beaumont, aka Tony Blackburn's shit love child, aka the finesse pimp coming to lie next to you on your deathbed, stroking your inner thigh with episode four of Crime Club. And what a journey it's been so far. We've had foreign jails, crackheads being chased with tuna cans, crackheads giving blowjobs, fellas getting wanked off by ladies in wheelchairs, all sorts. This week, we've got two separate interviews. The first is a fairly quick one containing within it details of our first white collar crime of the series, Fraud. You'll be listening to that very shortly indeed. Oh, Crime Club. Jack Beaumont, you naughty boy. Thanks for having me, by the way. I should, we should mention that we are in your gaff, aren't we, Robbie? Uh, we are, mate, yeah. We won't give that exact location because, um, <laughs> because of the content of what we're about to talk about. I suppose, sure. as far as I'm aware, you faked a, a doctor's note saying you were ill. Yeah, um, basically... I got a bit bored of work in the sense that I was being overlooked for a couple of promotions and that kind of stuff and I, I suggested a few things to them that was they could easily have made some money on them doing it and it would have pleased everyone in the office and our team and they got noted and said they're going to do it for a while and it never kept happening and passed up for a few different appraisals and stuff like that and I just got a bit bored with the job really. And um, We should mention, this is obviously not going to give the company by name but it's a big international company. Yeah, yeah. Right, so dissatisfaction at work and then so, yeah. did you just think, did you just think oh, I'm, going to, I'm going to fake a doctor's note and, and rinse them or did you? No, it kind of um, came about from uh, basically taking, I think I must have just had a big long weekend one weekend and uh, had a couple of extra days off at the end of it which I just tried signing off as being just sick. And then I think it came round to like the Wednesday and I just really realised that I just didn't want to go back to work anymore and didn't like my job. So I thought I'm just going to see how long it can go before saying anything. I mean, I've built up a pretty good reputation for not you know, taking much time off. So the manager had been pretty lax with me. So then I was like, got to the end of the, the week or whatever and I hadn't really had any emails or anything. I had like, hadn't really been checking the emails, but like, I've just been completely ignoring phone calls and that kind of stuff. And basically lasted about a week and a half before I buckled and sent an email back saying that yeah I've been uh, had a bit, been a bit 
signed off with a stress-related ulcer in my stomach because I thought it's basically one of the only things that they can't really prove. Um, And it's all to do with basically your psychology, psychological feelings and that. So So you did a bit of background research then? I kind of just thought, yeah, you know, I've heard from things and I thought, yeah, it's pretty What was their response? They seem to, I imagine, if someone presents you with that, they buy it wholesale, really. They 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 did, they had to, they had to ask buy wholesale. They had to go, yeah, sure, fair enough, Uh, no problem. And I think you can take, like, over two weeks off before you need a doctor's note anyway. So I thought, sweet, I'm taking another week off. And then it came around to kind of like doctor's note time and they still wasn't coming in. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm actually loving it because it was during the summer as well. So it's like, you know, best weather for it. You can get out and enjoy mm. yourself. And, uh, and yeah, it kind of like, I was feeling a little bit guilty, but... Well, so it gets to two weeks yeah, they, and the, when weeks. you're usually meant to hand in a sick note. Yeah, yeah exactly. And... Did and you then, hand one in then, or did you? I I, I didn't, uh, but uh, then HR chased me, and at that point I thought, okay. And then I basically uh, just knocked one up, just, just uh, did one on the word processor. Is that was that absolutely uh, straightforward to do? Pretty easy, yeah. Just grabbed the NHS logo, um, got my doctor's practice, doctor's name, wrote a pretty basic couple of lines, signed it off, fake signature, done. And uh, luckily, it was a signature from a doctor that was. Um, I knew he was on his way out, as in like he was leaving, he was a temporary one. So uh, basically, yeah, inside, inside knowledge. And uh, yeah, they never checked yet, he just, he just bought that and, and said, yeah, sure, no worries. Cause, so how long did you actually take off to get well, full pay? It was such a big company that they basically didn't do their research in terms of checking out other stuff. They would never believe that people would do fake notes and shit. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I got away with seven months of pay. It, you know, it, lasted, you got it lasted from summer to to winter. Well, so you got paid. Right, so you got about seven months of, of pay for doing no work. What were you doing? Getting on it? Uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, I was having a few parties. Um, you know, out and about celebrating with mates. Still had a fair bit of pay coming through the door, as you can tell. So, uh... Grand How many parties a week were you having at your peak? <laughs> I think it was. It's, Depends who it was about to keep up for me, to be honest. I mean, obviously, like, uh, I was free during the week and stuff, and you know, normally there'd be one or two mates, there'd be three on a certain night, and then there'd be another couple of mates and three on another night, so, yeah, you could normally get, like, at least two or three weekday parties out of it. And what were the neighbours saying on that front? Yeah, they weren't, they weren't too happy. I think they suddenly noticed a difference in my uh, my hours, uh, quite obviously, actually. I had um, one neighbour, especially, uh, one over the road for me, um, literally just a living in a block of flats, so it's, like, just literally across the hallway. And uh, we had a group of the guys around one night, and uh, I don't remember to be honest. I was pretty mashed. And uh, she she knocked on the door, I think, to tell us. This is what I've heard from my mates, but I vaguely remember bits of it. She knocked on the door to like tell us to keep it quiet down over, and I just started talking to her. And because everyone else is trying to stay away from the door to like not talk or anything, uh, turns out I just basically uh, closed the door, and then like the lads don't know where I am, like disappeared for a bit, and uh, so they you know half an hour passes and they're, they're, they're looking around they start shouting my name out the window and looking around the, the whole thing and they reckon oh it must be must be in uh, the neighbour's house isn't it? and I keep knocking on the door and uh, at, at this point I think I'm hearing a knocking and I'm like you know those drunken stupors at the moments where you come to and you're like ah, the fuck am I like look like you realise yeah I've had a few more time yeah. and then basically I realised I had I was just in my socks <laughs> and uh, well no pants or nothing well yeah no pants or nothing and uh, uh, so you woke up just wearing socks yeah yeah just wearing socks right, okay. in, in my neighbour's beds uh, <laughs> with her <laughs> Fucking and uh, kind of strong bow on the side and uh, no keys no phone uh, and a pile of clothes by the side of bed 
yeah. um, I pleaded with her to um, to not answer the door for a bit. I think she might have. Had Why didn't you want your mates to know that you just shagged the neighbour? Uh, I would say she must be must have been in her, her late fifties at that point, if not early sixties. Um, your neighbour was about like, like, like late fifties. <laughs> yeah, I think at the time I was late twenties. So. So you're you're. Right, yeah. So yeah, your so your neighbour. Well, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. no. We've, had, we've had worse on here, mate. Don't worry. But just to get just to get things crystal clear, your yeah. neighbour complained about the noise of one of your midweek raves, <laughs> one of your midweek parties, and you've gone round there and ended up fucking her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair dues. Yeah. And you don't want your mates to find out. No, exactly. So, so you're not, so you're so you're asking her. So you're asking her not to open the door because they're knocking on it now. They are if she's on killed it. you. They're shouting out my name. Um, they're pretty sure I'm in there. But then they're because she's not answering. They're starting to doubt where I might, whether or not I might be somewhere else. So they started walking out into the car park and um, started like <laughs> shouting out my name, which is obviously a bad thing to do given that I've just got a noise complaint and uh, they're telling off people to sell a party. But yeah, uh, yeah. So like. They finally come back to realise that they must be in that neighbour's house. She ends up fucking coming to the door and answering the door in a, like basically a bra and pants, and uh, and goes, "He's an old, uh, he's old enough to make a choice for himself," and all this other stuff. And like, uh, she's not know. wrong. She's yeah, not wrong. It's true. It's true. But like, the problem was, I'd um, I'd a mate's like a charity ball the next day. So I was literally meeting up with my entire friendship group the very next day. When you just piped your 58-year-old mate. Yeah, and so obviously it was talking to town and everyone just couldn't believe it. It just happened the night before. It was everyone's like asking me about it. So pretty embarrassing shit. Man. Well, you know what? I, I, I personally would uh, commend that kind of behaviour. That's exactly the kind of behaviour that I think is... Strengthening bonds between neighbourhood groups. Yeah, me. well, she ain't complaining anymore. Shit, mate, no. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if we, I mean, if we can talk briefly about the morality of such because that is fraud, isn't it? There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, no mucking about. But you know, morally speaking, I don't think what you did was particularly bad. I've done worse. Yeah, I mean, sure. I would have said, as I say, like uh, the way that that really justified it in my eyes is the way they're throwing around money, like clearly wasting several hundred thousand pounds here. Yeah, I don't give a crap if I rent you for some. Fair dues. No, I see your logic. Um, and if I'd ever had a proper job, I would probably have taken the same attitude. <laughs> oh, crime club. Hello there. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Quickly, quickly, we haven't got long. Please listen to the all-new Angela Sandbelly podcast. It's a funny one. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. There's so much muck in it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Robbie there. Thanks again to him. Top bloke. Next is a story involving violence at a wake. Insert jingle here. Crime Club. Hello, Martin. So, yeah, you've got a social crime that took place in rather bleak conditions, as I understand it. Indeed, it actually happened at a wake um, so just after a funeral of a uh, beloved friend who had been suffering from cancer. How old were you at the time? I was probably around the age of 20. Right, OK. And this was at the wake, so had it been a particularly heavy one? So, yeah, so uh, everyone there had been drinking, as, as you do at a wake, obviously, to uh, get over those that had, had passed away. I was uh, drunkenly and innocently chatting to someone who was rather attractive, and it's sad that I have to bring up that fact, but, yeah, she was, she was a very attractive woman. And, obviously, we're just getting to know each other... Uh, you know, th- things are highly emotional. So, like, yeah, there was probably a bit more, like, you know, like, oh, I feel sorry for you touching on the shoulder than there usually was in a normal conversation. And uh, what had happened is, obviously, because this guy was a childhood friend, a lot of childhood friends were there as well. And and because we knew each other at primary school, there was a lot of mums, a lot of dads. They all knew the kids as well. Basically, I was I was chatting to her for quite a while as well, and like, you know. The conversation was getting quite in depth. A lot of eye contact, etc. It was it was getting quite deep. So, uh, so essentially, what happens is, is when I'm when I'm chatting to her, like one of the mums is weirdly looking over, like almost somewhat jealously, I'd say. Who was and, she uh, in relation to the, uh, to the uh, so deceased? She was the, she was the godmother of the deceased, um, and essentially, she has her own son. She has her own son that I think I'm going to state here. She wanted to try and maybe gain more attraction with this with this attractive female. I just happened to right, be so talking to. She wanted to. her son to talk to the to the good-looking lady, right, as opposed to you, right? That yeah, that's my understanding yeah. of, of how of how the next part played out. So essentially, once I've you know, obviously you're at awake, so you're chatting to everyone. I'm uh, I move away from chatting to this this rather attractive bird, and eventually it comes to me and her, and she just go she just starts uh, talking to me and going, "You're, you're the godmother." To- yeah, me and the yeah, godmother. Yeah. And uh, she starts talking to me, stating, no, you, you've chatted to her quite a lot. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a wake, it's what you're doing. She went, well, that's quite funny, because I always thought you were gay. And I just thought, 
well, okay, well, the, well, firstly, this isn't something I'd even experienced yet, so I didn't even know if I was at the time or not. And but she essentially she kept shouting at me for a good twenty to thirty minutes. And she, so she knew you because she was a mum at the primary school. That's correct. So she, so she, as she thought you were a gay child, essentially. And maybe like there, there are there are admittedly memories where I used to shag a pillow with her with her son, uh, like not the same pillow different pillows you know as as 10 year olds do I, I they do like that getting off shit. topic from what i gather things build up tension wise between you and the godmother of the deceased so yes yeah, right? so so bear in mind that she's then basically she it then elevates from you're a bit gay to you're gay she starts shouting it in my face for a good 10 to 20 minutes and maybe you know that that kind of like built up a bit of anger in me because it's like I'm, I'm frustrated why are you calling me this well yeah understandably i mean if she's so she's shouting you're gay at you at the wake of a dead 20 year old yeah you both have d- deep connections with right yeah exactly so that's quite bang exactly. out of order yeah it sounds very very bang out of order and uh so what i started to do was i chatted to her kind of left it a bit came back to it and then eventually people started dancing because it was awake so obviously all the conversation kind of died down and people started actually dancing to music etc and now this is where you know we were drunk it gets a bit hazy so what happens is, is we're dancing next to each other and essentially this woman who who was shouting at me that i was gay uh she is also quite large yeah, fairly very large woman. Yeah, and essentially, I either I either like you know give her the good butt boogie kind of hit. So or if, you're right. So if you're if you're dancing and you're giving her like a bit of a hip thrust, hip, yeah. does that mean that you've forgotten the whole she's calling you gay, or maybe even trying to prove that you answer? What's going well, on there? The, or is it just an accident? You don't it's really just, remember. It's just basically. Well, I'm a very volatile dancer, so it's not really. It's, 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 it's not necessarily that the hip thrust was the thing that caused it all. Like that, that is just my natural okay, motion, well, so, so I can't so, yeah. dictate whether I was in a. In so a, you, you may or may not have given you may or may you may or may not have given her an intentional hip thrust whilst on the dance floor at the wake. After that, essentially, she falls flat on the floor, and this woman weighs a good sixteen stone as well. So you can imagine there's a good like good thunder. Now, from my memory of what happens next, essentially, she falls on the floor, and I had nothing to do with it. That was my impression. That's my memory. So I straight up point at her and just start laughing in her face because right. she's fallen over and, you know, she's fat. There's YouTube videos about this stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's that's comedy quite gold. An, that's quite an extreme reaction, but given the fact she's rubbing you up throughout the previous bit of the wake, I can kind of, you can kind of defend that. Rubbing me up Where with gay it, words. Well, yeah, we're accusing you of being gay, sure. Yes. So you're laughing at her, she's fallen on the floor. Well... Firstly, I'm not, I can't quite recall how she gets back up off the floor, but essentially what happens is, is she sees me laughing at her, she gets up, and then she tries to whack me in a full Iron Mike, Mike Tyson kind of way. Does she make good connection? She makes a fairly good connection. She makes a very good connection. Okay, no, so she's, you've been lamped by the godmother at the wake at this point? Indeed. I come in, and I'm literally punched. I'm open arms, like, what the fuck's happened here? And then the husband comes in from behind her and just kind of, like, starts grabbing her, really holding her back. Is in this like, the godfather? This is the godfather. This okay, is the godfather. Yeah. So he's absolutely holding her back. And, you know, in a typical hooligan fashion, she's then exerting more energy, trying to get past him as he's being held back. And I'm just stabbed there, idly, standing there idly, just going, I cannot believe I've just been hit. So I'm very drunk now, and I'm literally going around to him and, like, going, can you, can you believe what this woman just did to me, this fat woman just did to me? And then some, suddenly it just comes across my mind that, like, I didn't hit them back. I need some form of retribution. So essentially what happens is, is I'm like, right, well, I'm, I'm not going to get her. She's already really angry. She's red rage in the corner. So I was like, I'm going to go after the dad. I'm going to go after the godfather. I was like, how dare his family unit attack me? I was like, if I, if I can't hit anyone because it's awake, which I don't usually do, by the way, I must, I must add. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'm going to emotionally like, try and destroy someone. I'm going to make him cry. I'm going to make that man cry. That's quite, that's quite sadistic. 
Yeah, I, I suppose it is in retrospect, but like it is at a wake, so I feel like a lot of the a lot of usual judgment scenarios are out the window and on this been, one. And you have been aggrieved, even if it was potentially your fault that sent the uh, sent the big godmother to the floor. But that's that's that's, that's hazy drunkenness. No one can determine whether that's no fact one. or fiction. Exactly. So you've you've eyed up the godfather. You're thinking I'm going to make him cry. How do you go about it? So well, obviously we have a lot of background. Fortunately, as I went as I was uh, with, with his kid at primary school. So what I basically thought was, what did I used to do that could really like make this guy insecure? So I thought, he used to look after me a bit and I grew up without a parent figure. So I thought going after him for being some form of fatherly figure in his life, some nice idyllic memory he assumably has. So you went up to him and said what? So I went up to him and went, uh, you have deeply disappointed me. I always thought of you as a great father figure. Uh, but you've let me down and you're an, a complete failure in that regard. Like, I used to really respect you and that's all gone out the window. And then from that prompt moment, he literally uh, he absorbed all of the words I had said and then collapsed on the floor and cried, presumably, again, because we're also at a wake. Christ. Um, fucking hell, man. So did you, did you feel that retribution upon him falling to the floor or was it a sour victory? Well, sadly, I wouldn't, at the time, I wouldn't have called it sour whatsoever. I was actually quite happy with myself that I now had the ability to make a grown man cry, uh, which is quite a powerful thing just to be able to do out of nowhere, I initially thought. It is, but you made a pissed grown man cry at a wake of a 20-year-old. Yes, yeah, so... His godson's wake. So in retrospect, you know, I made a grown man cry who had held back his wife from beating me up. So uh, that was, that was pro- yeah, that was a sad point now I look back at it. But at the time, it felt like justice had been served. All right. Yeah. Well, no. I take your point. You were, you had been aggrieved. Um, you you did have some some grievance to to uphold and, and, and to you know seek vengeance for. And I get that. Is any, any any part you regret uh, your actions of that night? And do you think there's a there's, I mean, playing devil's advocate, here, do you think it's possible that you sent that big godmother tumbling with your hip thrust? I mean, so given my brother did the same thing about ten years ago, accidentally in a in, a, in primary school. I mean, it's. It's seemingly what, what we do, push this woman sen- over. Sensor, oh, he pushed the woman over to the floor as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it whilst it's, dancing or...? Uh, it's in just randomly, complete gorilla rambush. So she you've got no family clue. history in sending big, big lasses to the floor. Yeah, so that was the same big lass as well. This, this big lass has clearly caused our family a bit of retribution. Wait, so rewind. Mm-hmm. You and your brother have sent this big lass tumbling? Yes. Him in, him in the primary school... Yeah, him in a completely you, innocent, you a God's, innocent you, regard. You at a godson's wake? Yes. yes. Okay. That is. I mean, I've got to try and paint two sides of the, of the story here. Um, you know, I'm not, which, I'm not sure which side I'm, I'm leaning on. I, I, you know, I, I trust that you uh, are generally a decent bloke. But uh, I suppose the jury's still out. The listeners will have to make their own mind up, I guess. So, did you ever see the godmother again after that? Well, funnily enough, I actually did. Um, I saw her on my main high street. Uh, I was in crutches, you see, because I just had knee surgery, so I was quite paralysed, so it was obviously very slow-moving. Obviously, she's very slow-moving, but less slow-moving than I was. And so it just so happened that we were in the same coffee shop at Nero, and uh, we were both going for the door. She was much further back in the room, though, so obviously it naturally would take her much more time if it was like an average speed. So she's going towards the door and I'm also heading up to go towards the door and I'm literally shuffling along, you can imagine, cr- crutches going down, no weight whatsoever on the left knee. And she gets to the door at the same time and it's obviously awkward because I really didn't want this to happen. And she basically says to me, oh, hi, nice to, nice to see you. And I could tell that she was somewhat of a dickhead as well because she was very, uh, 
how should I put this? Was she awkward about she, it? Yeah, she yeah. was very awkward. She looked very sheepish to me. I think you would be if you tried to lamp someone at your godson's wake. Yeah. Equally as you would be if you'd uh, toppled a godmother. Exactly. So what happened? So she said, oh, hi, nice yeah, to see you. She yeah. was like, uh, and basically she tried to go for the usual small talk routine. And I actually went, look, from what happened last time we met, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sorry for how events unfolded. And she was like, yeah, let's forget about it. And then, uh, and then I haven't seen her since, but things are, things are positive, I think. Oh, that's good. And um, what about the Godfather? Never saw him again. Crime Club. Finally, what was the uh, the general reaction of the other people at the wake, specifically the, uh, the the parents of the deceased? To be frank with you, I was swiftly escorted home after the uh, after the male crying incident, so I, I wouldn't actually know. You were escorted home after the male crying incident and not the toppling the godmother. Yeah. So as as once the once the female had been toppled. Uh, that was kind of, I think, when the wake was kind of winding down. Everyone had realised maybe everyone had had a bit too much. Uh, and then what had happened was I made the grandfather cry and then I was just given a ride home. Fair dues. And did you ever speak to the girl you were chatting to, the pretty lady? No. <clears throat> Not that that was the idea, though. And what, I'm just thinking, because obviously you're quite drunk, it's all a bit hazy. <clears throat> was it possible that it was just you and the godmother on the dance floor and you sent her tumbling? There was no one else there. I mean, I don't remember anyone else being there. But it felt like there was other people there. Uh, have true. you got anything else that you would, would, would like to add to that? Uh, R.I.P. So, there you go. It's a tough one, really, to know what to think about that story. First and foremost, you've got to work out whether you think it was Martin's errant hip thrust that caused the godmother to fall on her fat homophobic ass. He himself is unsure, but is the first to admit that he dances in a volatile way. Um, the neutral has to suspect that he sent the godmother to the floor and then proceed to laugh in her face. The question is, I suppose, is that worthy of a punch to the face? Depends on your moral compass. Um, I'd say, given that she was loudly declaring him a homosexual previous to that, she doesn't really have the right to punch but then the, uh, does Martin have the right to make her husband cry in what can only be described as a sadistic and manipulative bid for revenge? No, he doesn't. Uh, in fact, no one has the right to do anything they did in this flowchart of shit behaviour. Seven wrongs don't make a right, but they do make a story worthy of Crime Club. Thanks again to Martin. I hope you enjoyed what was a fairly weird episode four of Crime Club. Well, then it always is, I suppose. Uh, Crime Club does not condone volatile dancing, emotional abuse, fraud, or shagging your elderly neighbour. But even if it did, what in the name of Doc Cotton's dead dog's dick are you going to do about it? Well, if you want to let me know exactly what you do about it, in the name suggested by me there just then, or in your own name, then email crimeclubpodcast at gmail.com or tweet at crimeclubpod. Maybe you're Robbie's neighbour and would like to comment on his performance in the sack. Maybe you're the attractive girl Martin was talking to at the beginning of the wake. Or better still, the godmother or godfather. We'd love to hear your version of events. Until then, listen to more. Crime Club. GreatBigOwl.com Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.